Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hey, you've reached the Yahoo Fantasy Football Podcast. It's Liz. And Matt. And today we're talking about Kenyon Drake, Rashad Perryman, Kenny Stills. Greg Ward. Yeah, boy. (laughs) Oh, my God. A.J. Brown and Jameson Crowder. Yeah, the boy. Some real randos got you to the Super Bowl this week. It's a goofy week, but hey, the Oakland Raiders are no more, which isn't so much goofy as expected. Dalvin Cook's shoulder, that's problematic. And the Dirty Birds stunned Matt's 49ers. We also talk Houston, Tennessee, Green Bay, Chicago, Seattle, Carolina, Mr. 500, Eli Manning, and the poor, poor Rams getting blown out in Dallas. Leave a message. Or listen to the podcast one or two. Hello, and welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Liz Loza. Matt Harmon is here. Ragu's in the building, in the room even. Brett is here. I am speaking closer to the microphone. Thank you for looking at me. In a very intense way. <laughs> Matt, let's just like cut to the quit. I know nobody cares about anybody else's fantasy team, but how are you feeling with just one and a half games, let's say, left to go? Uh, not great. I don't think, I think there's a pretty good chance I lose both of my matchups. Yeah, me too. Uh, I faced Lamar Jackson and Saquon Barkley in one. That's great. Um, and it, but uh, the good thing is, like, you know, there's no bench tilting player. People listen oh. to the last podcast. They know I had to start some actual goofballs and play Odell Beckham in, in when I didn't want to. He got me 14 points. That's fine. But, like, I didn't, like, leave any, like, guy on the bench that I'm like, ah, damn, I really should have made that mistake. So if I go down, I go down with honor. Yeah, I faced Saquon Barkley in uh, my Dynasty League. I don't think I'm going to win that one. I need a big day from Michael Thomas, which is possible, except I'm facing ah. Michael Thomas in the other semifinal matchup that I am ahead by, but not by a comfortable enough margin. Yeah, I think for me, if like if you're well, you're going to be listening to this after the conclusion of the Sunday night game, we are taping during it. Unless John Brown has had the game of his life, um, I believe I will lose. Uh, now, there is a chance. Would rainbows shoot out of your butthole if that happened? Like, well, that... I could imagine a geyser of rainbows shooting from your bottom so, and flinging you up into the air. I mean, that would be fantastic. I I, I would love all Do you of ride that. a dolphin? You might ride a porpoise through I, the air, just too. In some, or am I tripping on acid in this scenario? <laughs> I will say, though, it's a long uh, season. It's, I, I would get, it would win me the other one, but it probably wouldn't win me the podcast listener league because I'm facing user Stone Cold Locket who also has Josh oh. Allen as their Superflex quarterback, so probably can't have one without the other. So, Shivved alas. on your own batard. I love that. Alas, here we are. All right, well, obviously 
it's the semifinals. And there are a bunch of fringe guys who got you or prevented you from ascending to your fantasy Super Bowl. Let's start with Kenyon Drake. Because <laughs> he had three tubs. And Matt, you gave some real good analysis about Drake. Last night I went to a friend's holiday party uh, and... You tried to you tried to let me off the hook. Like, well, you'd had some drinks, Mike. Uh, I was drinking like a locale IPA by uh, Dogfish Head, oh. so definitely was not nine, 95 calories per beer. Nice Lovely. Delawarean. Um, yeah, for okay. sure. Uh, had only had about three by the time I my friend asked me, should I start James Connor? Three or... is a lot. What are you talking about? Oh, I'd please. be in sweatpants for, by oh, three. For me, I'm I'm still flying. Oh. Um, but for he asked, should I play James Conner or Kenyon Drake? I said, you probably want to trust James Conner if he's going to play. So this morning he texted me, James Conner's playing. I'm playing. So hopefully we, James Conner has also scored four touchdowns by the time you listen to this podcast. Well, you know, the matchup against Buffalo <laughs> would work in James Conner's favor. I'm just trying to help you out now. I'm getting invited. So this, uh, okay. Also, so Kenyon Drake is doing it. Brad Evans, I thought, tweeted the perfect summation of this matchup, which is that in soft matchups, Kenyon Drake can absolutely produce and he proved that he is most likely going to be the running back of the cardinals future yeah the rb1 looks like a great trade at the deadline in hindsight i my only worry is have we not seen this is a look ahead moment Mm -hmm. Kenyon drake with his fresh legs perform over the last month of the season and then not be um relied upon enough for a workhorse load well, I think the argument, and I don't know if this is a good one, but the argument would be, yes, we have seen that under the um, dumbass, the dumbass reign of Adam <laughs> Gase, Gase who also, like, Devontae Parker, Ryan Tannehill, Kenyon Drake, and you could argue that even Jay Ajayi back in the day uh, was also freed from Refused the clutches of, feed him. Of, yeah. of Adam Gase. And every time an offensive player goes away from Adam Gase, they flourish. I don't know if Jarvis, I mean, Jarvis Landry just kind of flourishing. Well, I also think the quarterback that they have in Kyler Murray, I'm talking obviously of Arizona, allows for more rushing opportunity. And if they do get back to that, uh, like if they beef up, I think they desperately need to beef up their wide receiver core. Um, Maybe get Andy Isabella more involved and maybe Hakeem Butler. I mean, Hakeem Butler is a fourth round pick. Who cares? But like, you know, they get some more bodies at that position. They're able to spread the field again a little bit more like they were early in the season when they were really running the ball pretty well with Chase Edmonds and David Johnson. Maybe then we I mean, that could be a really, really good situation for uh, Kenny Drake next year. All right. So we have a feeling that in 2020, his stock will certainly rise. Brashad Perryman. Well, huge 2020 sleeper, right? (laughs) I mean, his dad, Brett, played in the NFL for 10 years and uh, surpassed 1,000 yards, I believe, twice. So we know about his NFL bloodlines. He was a first-round pick to the Ravens. Career was marred by injury and, let's be honest, ineffectiveness. He could never really catch on to the playbook. Couldn't really catch on to anything. He couldn't couldn't really catch or stay healthy, yeah. But not over the past two weeks. Mike Evans goes out. Uh, Jameis Winston finds himself a new perimeter receiver who can high point. It's Brashad Perriman. He scores last week, scores twice this week. Chris Godwin goes out and he brings down his third, a hat trick for Perriman. I got to, you know, shout out to you, Liz, because you wanted me to, I mean, you wanted more Brashad Perriman hype and I wasn't having it. So um, shout out to you. And like, I'll hold the L on that one because, you know, I should have. Should have had a little more uh, credence to the fact that he's been playing all year long. Also, like people forget that, like part of the Baker Mayfield great end to oh, 2018 yeah. was brought on by Brashad Perryman, like actually out there playing pretty well. Like people 
were sneaky excited about Brashad Perryman in free agency, and then he signed with the Bucks, and it was like, well, he's going to get buried behind yeah. Evans, Godwin, and Howard. And so here we are. Uh, but he is making plays for this team that does like to throw the ball down the field a lot. FYI, he is owned in just 10% of Yahoo leagues, and cheers to the 3% of you absolute stone-cold Bulldogs who decided to to play him. The onions My on you. Goodness. Next week facing the Houston Texans. No Mike Evans likely. No Chris Godwin likely. Yep. So uh, he should eat again and might even be one of those championship winners for you. Weird. What a time Super to be Super weird. Kenny Stills. Oh, he was on my bench. <laughs> Kenny me, Stills on my bench. Too. In the podcast listener league, I did leave him on the bench. I don't know where I would have started him, but you know, it is. Listen, it is. I saw Will Fuller was active. Decided to bench. It's it, this is just one of those things where it's like, yeah, fantasy football is weird as hell. And like last week, great matchup against the Broncos away from Chris Harris. No Will Fuller. Well, he doesn't do um, anything. And then this week, Will Fuller's back. Well, you know, matchup is still good against the Titans, but he drops two early touchdowns. Perfect. Also, I, I mean, maybe it was a little bit of a clue that Kiki Cutie was a healthy scratch in this one. At least yeah. we should mention that. I'm, but I, I, mean, I, I don't feel bad about benching Kenny Stills. This is a, yeah. what are you going to do? Yeah, right. And then finally, we have a bit of a rising star converted quarterback, now a slot receiver. Greg Ward was the game winner for for the Philadelphia Eagles in a game that should not should not have come down to it. But it did. I, <laughs> but it I, did. I, can't, I just can't with these damn Eagles. Uh, he converted a uh, seven of nine for 61. And like I said, the game winning touchdown. Now, Greg Ward, as I also said, I think he was playing, Matt, you said heading into this week, about 80 percent of Almost his 80%, snaps yep. in the slot. So 5'11", not a huge guy. You get the picture here. I'm going to tell you what, though, about Greg Ward. Like, I'm kind of I'm kind of in because like they have a, he has a pretty decent matchup next week. But more than that, like. How many times have we sat here and just talk about dust ball after dust ball, tomato can after tomato can in the wide receiver core for the Eagles? This guy's actually kind of doing something, you know, like it's not juicy. Like uh, the next time he averages 10 yards over a catch this season, uh, it it will be the first. But it's nothing great, but it is helping Carson Wentz kind of stabilize a little bit. But how many safety valves? I mean, I know that the the O-line end up, but like. There, it, we talk about the reason we like Darius Slayton, for example, right? Or is that one of these things is not like the other, and all of these things are the damn same? Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Like Boston Scott, Greg Ward, even Miles Sanders, like these are Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz. They're all middle of they the have, field, yeah. underneath receivers. Oh, like don't let's we're gonna all put be, all of our money on Jaws? Let's all Jaws? well. I hope you didn't do that today because he uh, didn't catch the pass. But he is the least alike the rest of these, Uh, and he's also the least appealing. Right. I hear you. but And I think that just goes to the structure of the entire Eagles offense, which is just their quarterback is not very accurate right now. Um, He's not playing with the same sort of uh, bravado, confidence, fearlessness that he once did. So, yeah, you're looking at offense that's going to run through the slot. It's tight ends and these two pass-catching running backs. And it's boring. It's not great. You can score. They scored uh, 30 points against Washington, but, like, come on. All right, so I have a little question for you. This is a little real-life football talk. All right, next week, the Eagles will host the Cowboys, who took it to the Rams today. Yep. This obviously has giant postseason implications. We'll decide the NFC East. Which of these two teams are you t- are you taking? Cowboys. I think they have a—they have—they have— they have 
more the scarier. Well, I don't know about that, but they have the scarier floor and the but the best ceiling. Like, I mean, just, let's all just I'm, this is going to be the lead for my Sunday night column. Like, let's all just mentally prepare ourselves for Dallas winning a playoff game this year, because this team, it showed you today and it showed it showed you at other times, like when they face good. Co- well, not when they face good competition, but like they have a good enough roster to have a big time ceiling. So and like, why did they lay down last week against the Bears? Because they have no floor like they're they have. And no... Jason Garrett had 10 days to prepare for this. Well, yeah, you can you never give Jason Garrett 10 days to prepare, except when you play when he plays on Thanksgiving and yeah, yeah whatever. Uh, so I just think that they have so much roster talent that they have a really high ceiling, but you absolutely cannot trust them either. Like. I say be prepared for them to win a playoff game. Also be prepared for like the 49ers to go into Dallas and throttle them. Oh, sure. So it's it can go either way, but like just realize that that is a possibility. Like look, the Rams were playing really good football coming in today and they just took them to the woodshed. Yeah. They did, but I can't get the Bears game out of my head either. And oh, yeah. They allowed Mitchell Trubisky to be wildly efficient. Anyway, I think it's interesting. I anticipate the Cowboys should win this game for all of the reasons you're saying, which is exactly why the Eagles will take it at home. Yep, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, uh, A.J. Brown. Well, this is not a surprise if you've been listening to the podcast, friends, because Matt and I have been high on him since, oh, March. Yeah. Also, he was an excellent DFS by 15 16 bucks, something like that. That price is going up. He's a stud. Averaging I don't know yards it, it, after the catch twice the uh, league average. Laz and I had a had a who uh, sets our pricing. He, he sets our pricing. We had a little chat about it on on Friday after you listened to the podcast. I'm saying he like you know he goes and beats up on the Raiders at 17 bucks, pops up at 15 bucks next week. He goes out and has another big game. Maybe he'll be 12. <laughs> maybe maybe Laz will set him at 12 this don't week. Don't ruin it for everybody, friend. <laughs> don't ruin it. AJ Brown continues to achieve uh, again. This is someone, if we're going to look ahead to 2020, that I think, especially if he's paired with Ryan Tannehill, who did not look great over the first two quarters of the game, but then I think redeemed himself and proved that he could be a yep. franchise quarterback for this for this team. Um, the two of them next year, certainly a pair that are going to find themselves stacked quite often in fantasy. Yeah, I mean, A.J. Brown is going to be like the Chris Godwin of this year, where it's like people are going to want to tout him as a sleeper, but he's going to be like a fourth-round pick by the time we sure. draft. Sure, I think that's a great call. Jamison Crowder, gross. I mean, well, actually, you might love Jamison Crowder now if you love Greg Ward. Shoot, you turn in the corner on these uh, eight yards per reception. No, bozos. No, no, not at all. I mean... By the way, did you did you watch the Ravens Jets game? Of course. What a like unbelievable like he drops this wide open touchdown oh. and then catches the most difficult pass possible for a touchdown. That was pretty gorgeous. That was also not just a Jamison Crowder. That was Sam Darnold. The, the, I just thought it was Jets esque oh, of yeah, the perfect summation of the Jets. So Crowder, after being cold for a couple of weeks, ends up hot. But I think a lot of that also has to do with we talk about the Ravens secondary and how um, robust they are. Mm, Speaking of robust, I just saw Ben Roethlisberger on the screen. Oof. Holiday season, baby. All right. So let's move on to tomorrow's headlines today. Is the Bay Area okay? Last, uh, Last we got a report live from the Raiders stadium. Well, it ain't gonna be their stadium much longer. There was nachos being thrown on the field, which like, come on, think of the kids. What, what kind about of... the lasers, though? Were, well, the, were the lasers burning holes through the nachos? Were the lasers melting the cheese atop the nachos? I don't know, but you just really don't need to, to treat a good plate of nachos like that. Like, you know. Oh, no, you eat those nachos like Ben Roethlisberger would. 
<laughs> can't get a few stuck in your beard like that. He's crumbs. not long. Um, speaking of crumbs, uh, the what was left of the Jaguars receiver core made pretty good uh, hay against that Raiders secondary oh. with DJ Chark out. I know, Liz, you were personally, if you can tell by the groan, folks. Men have to listen to me groan this entire game. Personally invested. I mean, usually you're just groaning at whatever I have to say. So this was a nice change of pace. Uh, <laughs> three catches, 76 yards for Keelan Cole, but it was your boy, Chris Conley. Two touchdowns, but such po such poetic justice here. After hyping him all damn preseason, I decided, and I own him in Dynasty. I believe that much in him, and then I just benched him because I thought Dee Dee Westbrook just made more sense. I wasn't going to think with my heart. I was going to think with my head. That seems to be the thing to do, and indeed, um, I'm not going to go to my Super Bowl because of it. That's brutal. There it is. Two for 14 for Dee Dee Westbrook. Also, this is a situation where, like, I just thought about the amount of yards the Raiders give up via the slot. But we also know, and Matt said this best a couple weeks ago, stop trying to make D.D. Westbrook a thing. It ain't a thing. And I valued the matchup over the talent of a player I believe in, which is also a little bit of a lesson. So Chris Connolly and the fearlessness of uh, Gardner Minshew without D.J. Chark, obviously, paid dividends. Tough break for Raiders fans, obviously, as they. How are we gonna uh, talk about them? Come on. They lose this game. I mean, I feel. I feel really. Little, isn't that that's like their thing? No, I just feel. I feel a little bit bad isn't it for better the fans. They lose in the black hole, so that they're like, oh yeah, this is comfortable. This is what we do. This is like now you can look to a new student stadium that maybe brings better energy and juju, and you can leave all of those losses behind you. See, I I I thought of it more as like the Raiders have been the Raiders fans in Oakland have been living with a spouse who has told them that they will be divorcing them, but not for two years. Uh, so, like, you got to live with us for two more years. And then on their way out the door, they, like, threw a brick through the window of their <laughs> old <laughs> house or whatever. So, <laughs> I don't know. I, that was the way I looked at it. Uh, okay. Sure. And, like, oh, by the way, now we're going to go to our new our new spouse with a nice new house in Las Vegas. But you can come with us. Kind. You, you, great, <laughs> I guess. You can come with us. Hang out at the craps table. Like, yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? You want to massage while you're playing some pie gal? Let's do it. Is Derek Carr going to be on the Las Vegas Raiders? Well, okay. So should we say, while we were watching this, the broadcast yeah. was was talking about, like, you got to push that ball deep, Carr. Da, da, da. Yeah, it, it was like the last drive. Like, well, you got to push the ball deep. Can't use the middle field. Can't check down here. You have no timeouts left. And as I said, I was like, know your audience. Yeah, this is... That's Derek Carr to a T. Middle of the field, checking down, not pushing it downfield. I'll tell you, our friend uh, Kendall works on our social team, Raiders fan. She was slacking me. I just put out that video about, uh, I'm almost not kidding, fixing the Bears quarterback situation. She's like, here's how you need to do this with the Raiders. Like, I don't want Derek Carr anywhere near this team. Yeah, at separate moments, Matt said what he did, and I yelled, stop wish casting. Because (laughs) I I, also, it's not just Derek Carr's limiting limiting abilities i think it's also that he and gruden like don't vibe yeah and i think gruden just if we know anything about him like he's a guy who in tampa would publicly back his guys all the time and then shiv you at the next moment cut your ass like there was no problem so i am excited for the uh 
Teddy Bridgewater, Andy Dalton, and some random rookie quarterback competition for the Las Vegas Raiders, baby. Let's go. Uh, Worth noting that Darren Waller produced over 100 yards again, and he is either approaching or has surpassed a 1,000-yard ceiling. So without Hunter Renfro in the lineup, um, you're going to continue to start Darren Waller. Yeah, and Josh Jacobs came back, Yep, 24 carries. Actually got two catches. How nice. Uh, pretty much was a, a like a good solid RB two floor play for you. YPC wasn't good, but the I, I think what you're saying here, the gratifying piece of this is that the workload was not affected, having missed last week or any concern over that shoulder injury. But maybe you should be concerned because there's another running back that we'll get to a little bit later who uh, has a shoulder problem. Yeah, that's, that a, that's a good keep point. Coming back. Um, well, luckily that running back has to look forward to, to some extra. Let's games. just let's the talk about that right now. Yeah. Let's just go to it right now. Okay. Dalvin Cook. In the matchup at uh, Los Angeles, which was really like a home matchup for the Vikings. Did you see the Vikings actually tweeted out like we're still undefeated at home? Oh, quote no, unquote. I didn't see that. That's savage. And like a, gr- a graphic. And it's just like part of me. I don't know. I mean, I guess they don't have any fans to kick kick when they're down. But still, geez, brutal. Well, Dalvin Cook, um, he left this game with a, a shoulder injury, which we had talked about in a previous episode, right? Because this is something that's been re-aggravated. He immediately went to the medical. Uh, the last time he re-aggravated it, they, he didn't even go to the medical tent. He just was, they knew exactly what it was, pulled him off the field. That was why Matt was tilting about Cook's volume last week. Oh. I had Cook and probably going to le- lose in my other matchup because he left early, but the tricky thing here is that Alexander Madison is also working through an ankle injury and he mm-hmm. was out in week 15. So potentially you might see Mike Boone start week 16 for the Vikings. And Mike Boone has those fresh legs. We've talked about it all year long, that those fresh legs show up and they dominate. And in fact, that's what happened for the Vikings in week 15. 4.3 yards per carry, two touchdowns for Mike Boone. Now, Amir Abdullah, you know, he popped in there for five carries. But I think that shows you that Boone is the clear um, back to, to own here. Well, we've, if, we've played this game before with the likes of Ty Williams, uh, Ty, Johnson. Ty Johnson, and Bo oh. Scarborough. Yeah, hey, Bo Scarborough, you know, until he uh, left left earth recently uh he, he's been a solid <laughs> you didn't say no <laughs> oh my god you got me scared i was like solid this tweet? solid uh rb2 floor play type of guy getting sure. 20 carries whatever uh but yeah so i think boone is in a in a good spot he's a guy that like you again might be strangely riding to a fantasy championship next week and mm. i mean the packers defense as you pointed out like if they have that's who they uh, have on monday night in yeah. week 16 by the way they have a clear weak point it's stopping the run. Just don't tell that to David, David Montgomery. Montgomery. Oh, gross. So much grossness. All right. Uh, let's go back to, back to, the Bay. back to the Bay. We want to talk about San Francisco being stunned by the Falcons. Yeah. A uh, little bit of a letdown spot for the 49ers. After. With all those injuries, though. But that, well, that's the thing. I think it's a letdown spot. They, like, sure. I feel like they kind of. They're coming off a big win on the road. They go back home. And, like, the the Falcons have players on offense, you know, to take advantage of some of those injuries. Uh, And, yeah, I mean, like, they had some guys step up, but overall, like, yeah, that it was not it was not totally surprising to see them take the L here. I mean, they had what like six injuries on defense, six yeah. starters out on defense. 
I think not having Richard Sherman, obviously not having Richard Sherman for the 49ers and not having Calvin Ridley for the Falcons really loosed up Julio Jones, who had himself a monster game. And it was considered a catch, the game winner. So yeah, 13 catches, two touchdowns. Here's a question. Is Dan Quinn the head coach of the Falcons next year after this? No, I think they still move on. I Mm. mean, they would have to finish like red hot, which isn't outside of the realm of possibility. Um, Who do they have? Who do the Falcons have next week? Um, because I think their schedule is, I mean, obviously the division is not great, but the Jaguars and they're hosting them at home. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Yes. I, I, it's I think, happening. I think poor, the, our, poor Arthur Blank. I've been saying this for weeks. He like definitely wants to like make a change and fire Dan Quinn, but like the defense started playing up for him and now they're winning. They beat 40. The, the beating the 49ers is one of these signature moments that you always reference. Yeah. I still think it's just going to end up being a signature moment of a already lost era okay we'll see though i could be wrong we are obviously or you are rather if you're playing in your super bowl next week julio jones you're starting austin hooper who almost had a catch almost had the game winner he did not maintain control throughout the process so it didn't go his way and devonta freeman who was not particularly efficient working through an injury but still got the bulk of the work in the backfield are all three especially given the matchup against the jaguars starts for you next week yeah and raheem mostert made maintained kind of his lead on the backfield 14 carries no one else saw more than four for the 49ers that's a great point i like that should we talk about let's see where do you want to go here you want to talk about houston at tennessee yeah that was a big game yep Lots of playoff implications. Obviously, these two teams will meet one more time in week 17. Um, the Texans did it. I didn't think they did it particularly well, were it not for the Whitney Merciless interception. Takeaway, yeah. Takeaway. Then um, we'd be saying something much different. And, like, good for Ryan Tannehill to still have a big fantasy game after, like, the, that total death tilt of, of a turnover that you mentioned. Like, to have... Anthony Ferkster, uh, catch the ball, pop it up in the air right at the goal line, right to Whitney Merciless, who runs it back, and then your boy Johnny Smith the gets in on the end, touchdown. Right. Um, yeah, that was that was Hip like a, checks him. That was brutal. Um, on a day where Derrick Henry, like, you know, he he was good, twenty one carries, eighty six yards, not like the hero that uh he had. Like I said to. I said to J.J. Zacharyson, who I'm playing in one of these playoff matches, I said, yeah, you're going to beat me because my team is basically reliant on Derrick Henry being an actual god, and he was a mere disciple today. Eight, 86 yards. was so like he was human. Ryan Tannehill, I think, stepped up and kept the team in it after falling behind early. We mentioned Jonu Smith because he was the one who eventually tackled Whitney Merciless. Uh, also, if you are streaming at the tight end position, take a look at Smith. I mentioned him in Fantasy Damage this week. Uh, He scored last week with Adam Humphreys out. He did not score this week, but he did go over 100 yards, 50 or 60 of them through the air. He converted all five of his looks, and then he uh, ran one rush, his third of his career, by the way, for 57 rushing yards. He is obviously running more routes, drawing more targets without Humphreys in the mix, and in Week 16, he'll face the... Saints, you think, oh my goodness, the Saints, that's a pretty tough defense, except uh, Von Bell may be out. He is out in week 15. So if Von Bell, the safety there, is out again in week 16, then you like Smith as a streamer. I agree with you. And I would just say beyond those two guys in the passing game, like, don't try it. Like, I saw some people try it. AJ Brown. 
Yeah, A.J. Brown and, and Johnny Smith. And obviously, if Marshawn Lattimore is healthy, you're downgrading A.J. Brown a little bit? I think so, but like the 13 targets for Brown today, I, I mean, obviously it was a good matchup, but I still think that said something to me because like... If you remember Ryan Tannehill in uh, Miami, he was like always locked in on Jarvis Landry. Sure. I think you could you could definitely put some of that on Adam Gase, who like wants to call the bunny Funnel hop, targets, the bunny yeah. hop uh, slot targets all the time. But at the same time, I think you could say too, like Tannehill has developed such a rapport with Brown, and it hasn't really trickled down to like Corey Davis or anything like that. Because I think Tannehill knows this is my most reliable guy. I'm going to keep keep feeding him. I would just not mess around with anyone else other than Brown and, and Smith in this passing game. Let's talk Chicago at Green Bay. I mean, <laughs> sure. That was the best response for you and your Bears. Just <sighs> it, this, what did I say on Thursday? Like the, the Packers, Packers never blow out the Bears, but the Bears never win. Uh, Eighteen and five. Rogers is now in his career versus your Chicago Bears. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky threw the ball fifty-three times, but here's 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 the silver lining, though. I think for Bears fans. It's been tough to see because of injuries to Anthony Miller and also just their quarterback playing like garbage most of the year. But I still think this Allen Robinson and uh, Anthony Miller combo could be like a top eight wide receiver duo if they are ever popping at the same time. They absorbed targets on 54% of Mitchell Trubisky's throws today. And this feels like a happy, I'm sorry to interrupt, but this feels like a a happy accident because Matt Nagy now is forced to rely on these two players instead of using Javon Wims or Corderell Patterson in some crazy formations or, or even Taylor Gabriel was out again. I mean, there's a, there was a stretch there. I think of the Rams game, Taylor Gabriel was the leading receiver, at least leading the team in targets. Like Matt Nagy needs to simplify his S and that I think would help his quarterback. Cause as soon as he started doing that, you saw similarly to Baker Mayfield, Mitchell Trubisky become much more efficient and settle the F down. I, I agree with you. Um, I think though, can't there's even look at you. Why? I'm so mad about this damn thing. What's Sorry. that got to do with me? I don't know. Like, you're the one talking about it. I don't want to look your way. I, I think it's like, I will say that uh, Gabriel might not be on the team next year just due to his contract. Sure. Um, sure. Trey Burton looks like that mistake is going to be shed as well. Um, oh. Even CP might not be there. You never know. I think I think next year it could be much more of like, okay, these two guys have proven themselves. And like Robinson has been great all year. He's pacing for a 90 catch season over 1100 yards with this goofball at quarterback. So um, I just think Miller's kind of ascension. It could also just be due to the fact like he came in with an ankle injury this year, wasn't really playing a ton. Um, had a shoulder injury last year. Shoulder injury last year. Like this is probably the healthiest he's been as an NFL player, and we're seeing results. He's averaging 86 yards over his last five games, 33 catches in that span as well. Yeah, you've seen the targets. Yep. Certainly, certainly helps. Um, typically, typically in order to in order to gain production. Yeah. You know, you and I both comped him to Doug Baldwin in the pre draft pre draft process two years ago, and Doug Baldwin obviously played for the Seattle Seahawks, who took it to the Panthers because they stank. I mean, no arguments here. <laughs> no lies. Detected. No, no lies detected on that one. This your game, boy Curtis Samuel though. Curtis Samuel uh, leads the Panthers in receiving touchdowns this year with six. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's he's been a guy that's been pretty touchdown dependent because I will say today, like they snapped the ball directly to him a couple times. 
it was kind of like they find yeah, he had four carries for 23 yards in addition to catching five passes for 31 yards and a touchdown as a receiver, eight targets. Like it seemed like today Scott Turner took over the play calling duties, obviously, since the head coaching change. Maybe Scott Turner was finally like, man, you know what? My quarterback is ass. You can't get it to our, our best vertical playmaker. Maybe I'll just snap the ball to Curtis Samuel, which was like basically the Ohio State playbook, you know? I mean, it is real. Like, can we also just contextualize this Contextualize this by saying that Shaquille Griffin was out? Yeah. Um, Ziggy Ansa was out. Jadavian Clowney was out. Yep. And Kyle Allen still only completed 25 of 41. He is. I I feel for him a little bit, like because I think the media, like a narrative hype, got so absurdly out of His first game under control. center was against the Cardinals, right. who were giving up at, like over 300 yards per game to opposing quarterbacks at the time. QB wins Twitter was all over it too, because like he just kept winning. Yep. It's like you can't bench a guy who keeps winning. It's like, yeah, you can though, because he's a backup quarterback. Also, I think Cam Newton makes people stupid. And it was this is a trickle down effect from mm. like people don't like Cam Newton. They think he sucks, yada, yada. They're idiots. So therefore, uh, Kyle Allen became elevated because of that. I feel bad for him because I think it's just unfair. Like sometimes you just have to let people be what they are. Like they're really good at this job. Let them continue to do that job, which is backup quarterback. I think he's a pretty good backup quarterback. Like let him be that. Don't make him into some kind of franchise saving seventh round pick or whatever, you know? Right. I think that that's. Very, very cogent analysis. And if we talk about the Cardinals who gifted Allen, I suppose, with his first big win, although it might have been a bit of a curse, it's also worth mentioning that the Seahawks, who beat the Panthers, will host the Cardinals in Week 16. I like that matchup. Obviously, NFC, so it's a divisional division rivalry, or at least a division matchup. Uh, I don't know if the Seahawks will be healthy enough, but I do like the opportunity that Tyler Lockett has here to oh, keep yeah. things rolling. And it was great to see him look back to health. Yeah, I mean, the always trustworthy, the guy we take at his word every time, Pete Carroll, told us <laughs> going into this week that Tyler Lockett was truly back after he had that really scary leg injury against the 49ers where he had to stay back remember that on that monday night game and like there were people on twitter worrying about like him get his leg amputated well, and for nothing he broke his leg yeah two years ago yep. and then he also got sick after that so i think there's a lot of things been going on with tyler Lockett. like i don't i don't care that he went quiet for a month and had you know eight catches for 107 yards since week 10 like we know on balance of the season tyler lockett has been great when he's not a guy that's necessarily played he's played through injuries before but not necessarily played well through injuries and now this was such a perfect spot for him 124 yards per game the the panthers had allowed to uh slot receivers they'd been getting bit by big plays over the last four weeks so this was i mean this was a spot where like if you just removed what had happened recently and bet on a talented player that the coaching staff was telling you was healthy you profited really big and i agree with you that obviously we know the cardinals matchup is great next week so you're going to continue to roll with them let's talk miami at giants which shouldn't have any real football implications but in fantasy was a buffet if you will. Oh, yeah. Of points. This is a total like fantasy football game because like no one cares about. But there's there's enough storylines with these two teams that people care. But like not really. You know what I mean? What's up? What Tell me mean? what you mean by that. What what storylines do you uh, think? Well, obviously, care about, um, 
the Devontae Parker rebirth campaign. I mean, he got took paid. It, Good took for it, him. Took it. Took it. Took another train uh, ride to two touchdowns, two train rides Let's to the end it. zone, Let's seventy-two yards. And then obviously Albert Wilson with five catches for fifty-nine yards. You think Huge. these are the storylines? These are the storylines. Really yeah. And look, Patrick Laird had fourteen <laughs> touches in this one, and obviously the the true comeback story that everyone cares about that is on all of our radars in our hearts. Saquon Barkley, 24 carries, 112 yards and two touchdowns against Miami Dolphins. If he didn't get you uh, slaughtered in your fantasy league because you took him number one, one overall. overall like a clown, uh, you may, he, he hit big for you today at least. And he'll probably do it again next week against Washington. And let's also say on the Giants side too, there was a gorgeous passing performance uh, because Alex Tanney completed one pass. <laughs> 100% I know exactly rate. where you're going. It doesn't, it doesn't, it's no longer, I know you too well, Matt, that it's no longer a surprise. It can, it can no longer affect me. Okay. You don't have to talk about Eli Manning. No, I mean, look, Eli uh, took his future Hall of Fame quarterback, Eli Manning. Oh, look, there, that is an argument I will not engage in because it is inevitable that he will get in the Hall of Fame. And I think arguing against it, even if you don't believe he should be in, is a waste of your breath. And we have precious few breaths left on this earth so like don't don't waste it i mean he had a ypa of over 10 in this game he found darius slayton for uh he found (laughs) darius slayton for the second week in the row in a row in the end zone i mean sterling shepherd went for over 100 yards and didn't need to have obj stretching the field for him in this one golden tate scored i mean everybody got a little bit of something i mean except for liz (laughs) (laughs) um i mean look it was great to see Eli Manning you tell win, me what, win and thrive in his third final start oh. of his career. <laughs> I can't wait. This was a great final start for Eli Manning. I, I can't wait to watch his next final start next week and one more after that because he's probably going to play the rest of the damn season. Your lips to God's ears. <laughs> Let's wrap things up with uh, the Rams who... I mean, you said that uh, Bo Scarborough left the earth today. Well, so did the Rams' chances of doing anything in the playoffs. They're still technically alive sure. in the race. You know? Yep, they play like that. They're they're really going <laughs> to smash. Hey, Jared Goff came through in garbage time, though, and I needed So did that. Todd Gurley. A- and so did Tyler Higby. Ended up with 17 points today, which was kind of surprising. But um, uh, Higby's been like one of the waiver pickups of the year. Uh, but yeah, this was a disappointing effort from the Rams, who I thought had kind of figured their stuff out. Um, did not look like that today. Awful performance, like rushing efficiency wise from Todd Gurley. 11 carries, 1.8 a pop. And of course, we know that he did catch a touchdown and rush for a touchdown. So that's great. Also rushed for a two point conversion. So like the box score looks awesome with almost 20 fantasy points. Uh, but it was a pretty hideous effort overall um your boy cooper cup finally found the end zone again was super efficient not my, not my boy let's be clear well, you that. you hyped him during fantasy football live i said that he could um these are your guys you love these like six seven yards no, per no, 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 ypr no, no, no. dudes these are your like, dudes the, the real Greg the, ward jameson the... <laughs> crowder um cooper cup these yeah. are your little safety slot receivers precise route runners safety valves that's how you like it matt I mean, I, I'm fine with picking them up on the waiver wire in week 15, but don't be going and spending ninth round picks on them in your fantasy drafts, you know? But, like, the the thing, though, like, my Cooper Cup analysis is, like, kind of shade on. Like, remember when people, like, people that wanted to be taken seriously said, like, Cooper Cup, one of the 10 best receivers in the NFL. 
give me a break. Guy, the reason he's not getting on the field as much anymore is because he can't even play out. Like he can't play outside. Period. Like right. if you watch the Rams play and like really watch hashtag watch the tape. Yeah. Like it's just one route. Always against zone coverage. He, he likes he like pops guys as a blocker sometimes. Like he he will chip players before going out and around, which like cool. That's tough football guy stuff. But like he's barely even playing receiver out there. So I don't know about him being one of my guys, but uh, yeah. I'm Are all you in. trusting him in week sixteen? You will have to remind me who the Los Angeles Rams play uh, in week sixteen. They are playing the 49ers at the Bell Bottom. That's Levi Stadium, guys. I don't. Have you seen a snap count from this from this game yet? No, uh, friend. For, we have the him? same data. Well, I don't know. You could be on Twitter. Like you're deep in uh, analytics stats. Oh Twitter. yeah, that's me. That's you. Deep, <laughs> deep in analytics <laughs> thought, Twitter. Thought, that's thought, where I thought, You might have seen a snap count. I, I don't know, but uh, I would say probably not. I mean, even in this game, right? Like he got six targets. I, I don't think that your 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 trust trust is not the right word. Like might chance, but do not trust. Todd Gurley. How are you how are you evaluating the Rams after that performance heading into week 16? I don't feel good. Against the 49ers who are coming off a close watch, coming off <laughs> I'm you, watching the game. We're we coming a, off of a clo- a close loss. Got um, washed out in the end of that game, you know. But have a lot of injuries. Um I would say Also worth noting that Brandon Cooks who we dogged and for good reason, he only caught four balls. Did manage to draw eight targets. Yeah, well, I think, I think the Rams probably they got off their script pretty quickly because Dallas scored had to twenty eight points in the first half to seven to them. Like, I think that probably like all this talk that we did about this is the way the Rams want to play. Well, because they couldn't stop them on uh, defense and couldn't really possess the ball. That like that script the run the ball, play good defense, hide your quarterback. We always talk about it, that that's a thin margin for error. And uh, the Cowboys slashed right through that margin for error. So, yeah, I think that overall, like you're looking at, you're looking at a team that well, we know how they want to play, but they got thrown off that script today. And that's why you see Brandon Cooks pop back up. That's why Cooper Cup, you know, does a little bit of something. Right. Because they're chasing points. Robert Woods, though, I think will rebound next week, especially if, uh, Richard yep, that's a really good point. Again. Nine targets today. So Yeah, second in team targets behind your boy, Tig- Tyler Higby. Tig- Tigby. <laughs> Tyler Tigby. Tyler Tigby. So we'll be back on Friday pronouncing a bunch of names incorrectly. Most likely, you can follow us on Twitter at Yahoo Fantasy. I'm at Liz Loza underscore FF. That is at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. And we are out of the playoffs. 